Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The Square Ball Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to this Champions Show. It's the Square Ball Podcast with Levi Solicitors. 10% off your legal fees for personal and commercial legal services. 85 years of legal excellence under their belts. So you're in safe hands. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. My name is Dan Moylan and with me is Michael Normanson. I'm not drunk today. Makes a change, doesn't it? And also Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. I might be. Not sure. I think I'm all right though. Listen, we've still got a few issue eights left in our online shop. If you want to get our final mag of the season, we are probably going to have, a, I think we're going to have a promotion special, maybe coming your way a little bit later on in the summer. Maybe two. Yeah. That's exciting, isn't it, for you? Somebody who's going to have to write that. Any volunteers? And we've got loads of uh, merch back in stock now, coming back into the store. You've seen the um, the Leeds Campione's T-shirts as well, that we're uh, it's very similar to the 1992 Kick Sportswear ones, the all-over print. Absolutely flying out of the web store, and we are quickly running out of those as well, so grab yourself one. We've got links to all that, the merch store, the squareball.net. It feels like it's an age since we spoke on this podcast about trying to get promoted because in between times we've done it and been crowned champions and got really pissed more than once. Well, from the Barnsley game ending, it's just been so confusing, hasn't it? It's just gone, it's just rolled from one thing. There's been about five Saturdays in a row is how it's felt. And there's been games, there were games every day that mattered. And then there was like two promotion parties thrown in there. And oh God, it's been so tiring, but so good. Yeah, that was it. You kind of went to sleep after the Barnsley game. And I mean, that was such hard work, but I was kind of expecting Brentford and who were the other team? West Brom. Like they'll probably win. And then we're going to have to work hard again at at Derby and maybe we'll do it there. But then watching it unfold over, yeah, you, you go to sleep, you wake up and Huddersfield win and then... You go to sleep and you wake up and, and Brentford have lost. And then you go to sleep and you wake up and you, you feel like your head is has turned into a bin bag. And it's kind of unbelievable. What more can happen? Do we win Do we win the European Cup this week? Can that happen? And yeah, happy birthday, Marcelo Bielsa. We're recording on El Loco's birthday. And- no, you're not wishing me a happy birthday anymore. That's changed from uh, Sunday night. It was all about me then. Who's this Marcelo Bielsa character? Ancient history sausage, ancient history, that one. But you're absolutely right. I mean, there's a temptation, isn't there, to crack open the cans for, for Marcelo's birthday today, but I don't think I can take any more. I've just, I, I've never felt this tired. I think, I don't know whether it's a weekend of 
buzzing off your tits on adrenaline and, and booze or whether it's two years of it or whether it's actually 16 years of it that's just catching up with me. But I thought, don't you feel a bit broken in the wake of that weekend? I think I felt an immediate relief after the promotion because I mentioned when we did the live stream straight after the, the Huddersfield game that I'd basically had a, a tension headache for at least a fortnight. Just a, a, like a, I woke up and it was there still and it got worse through the day. And if there was any other football going on, it got worse still. And the stress of it was just too much. So then it was nice to have that relief. That was the relief of that disappearing. But then it was replaced instead with hangover, which has been there for... I mean, I'm, a, I'm knocking on now, as you'll probably know it, because we're all of a similar age. That's That second day, is you're still not completely clear, are you? You've still got that stomach not quite settled right. Still a bit hungrier than you should be. Headache, still still sort of just there at the back, just nagging away at you. So I'm sure eventually I'll feel well again. I hope so anyway. I hope this isn't the new me. When you push north of 30 and it gets worse as time goes on, so if you are under that particular age, oh, you've got a treat in store. Day two of the hangover feels like what day one used to feel like, but day one now, it's a write-off, isn't it? You can't even function. Yeah, I don't think it's helped that four months behind closed doors, like with no pubs being open, nowhere to go. There's certainly a, a lack of practice. And we should probably say thank you to Nathan at the Brudenell Social Club, who not only hosted us live on that video podcast, which I will not ever look at. Um, <laughs> but if you can only imagine whatever that was like, it was considerably worse by the time me and Michael, I was just thinking about it. We were like fucking Laurel and Hardy getting out of that place because I was, one of my vivid memories is the argument I had with you, Michael, about why you weren't driving home. Like I took, <laughs> I took you to your car because you were putting some stuff in it and then you locked the door and were like ready to walk off. And it's like, what are you doing? Why, why aren't you just driving? It's because, so. And I was like, Moscow, I've had about, I've had about nine pints. Of course I'm not driving. And you were like, oh, right. Okay. So what are you doing then? I was like, I'm staying in Leeds. It's fine. I just had no real sort of muscle memory of how being outdoors drunk works anymore. And then uh, the second argument, when you not only were staying in Leeds, but you were walking from the Broodnell to the to that hotel where I basically pointed you in the direction of Woodhouse Moor and thought, oh, I'm never going to see him again because he will die. It didn't really work either, the general direction. I did go a bit of a, a scenic route. In well, the I, end. I gave you excellent directions, but I did get the impression that I was wasting wasting my words. I don't think you went completely wrong, and I managed to convince myself it was a nice scenic walk in the end. I, went, I ended up down Clarendon Road, so it brought me out by sort of the LGI. It's completely the wrong direction, you idiot. Well, it's heading towards townish. And then I convinced myself it was a nice thing, because I walked past the LGI, I was like, oh, my kids are born in there, that's nice to see that again. Then I walked down uh, you know, the, uh, on Great George Street, the George on there, that pub, I remember spending being in there at like four in the morning afterwards. It was my birthday and we'd lost in the playoffs to Millwall and I spent the night in there. And I was thinking, oh, this is a nice little walk through history as this. I got to see a bit of a bit of rubbish piled up in the centre of town from all the mess that had been there earlier. It was um and then I got into the Easy Hotel. At what point did you You weren't staying in the Easy Hotel? I was. You was told me you were staying in that new Hilton that used to be the gas offices. No, that's what I had booked previously. All oh, right. Well, it's no wonder you didn't follow my directions then, because I, I have the, I have the Google Maps screenshot because I put it on our our group chat to give these kind of a a heads up, like where we could possibly find your body in the morning. 
<laughs> and that's where I where I thought you were going. At what point did you start eating your pizza? Just straight away. Just walked it on the way home. That's a great image of you on the uh, celebrating Leeds's championship, standing outside the hospital where your twins were born with your, a pizza half hanging out your gob, crying. There was a bit on fire as well on the way home. I was just walking down. It was on Clarendon Road. Just walked past it. Just a, a wheelie bin with a load of smoke coming out of it. And you know, you sort of think, I should probably ring someone about that. Ah, I'd be right. <laughs> It'll burn yeah. out eventually, like the oil fields. <laughs> and then the, and then sure enough, a, a fire engine did come past about uh, 30 seconds after, so someone else had obviously spotted it. But I enjoyed my walk anyway. I have no regrets, or memory particularly. It was good fun leaving you behind on Sunday because I came home. I'd, I was driving, so I drove back from the Brudenell and got in at about 9 o'clock and had a little bit of food and then you know put the kids to bed and stuff. And then I, I think I just sat there quietly supping cans on my own until 2 in the morning. Which was it was nice just to do that. I mean, I never sit and drink in the house. Not been inclined to for ages. Last beer I had before this was when we did the Championship Manager live stream, and prior to that, must have been six months. I mean, if you've been listening to the podcast across the last uh, last few months, we were you know sponsored by Beer Fifty Two for a bit, and uh, Beer Fifty Two sent us a promo case, which I've now drunk all of. Uh, I promised to share it around when we got promoted and save it for that moment. And I did. I did fulfil one of those promises. I did save it until we got promoted, but I have now drunk it all. And I sat there and watched the game for a second time on Sunday. And again, I still haven't properly taken in what happened. I know that Pablo did loads of nutmegs, and that was very nice. Pablo's nutmegs, the one where, I think maybe it's an all-time great, is one of those nutmegs. The one where he passes it through his legs, and almost like a good magician will sometimes tell you what they're going to do, and then they do it. And it seems almost more of more of a trick because they've told you exactly what's going to happen. Like that guy was stood about five meters away from him, and Pablo, you can see him more or less going going through your legs here. And then he just goes. You can see him lining it up and just goes there. You go side foot straight through. How's that happened? You absolute idiot! Our reserves were dead good on Sunday, weren't they? Better than Derby, that's for sure. Have you sat and watched it properly yet? Nah, no, no need. It's like a preseason friendly. What are you going to learn? Jamie Shackleton did some good stuff. He kicked a ball into the net and that, there was a nice through ball from Tyler Roberts. I do remember that. That was nice. Because I remember Moscow saying that he basically was yelling at him. Now fucking score. The direct quotes, I believe. Our mate OG popped up again. Bagged another. Third top scorer this season, OG. Something like that. Kiko Casilla played as well. And I was absolutely terrified. You'll remember when we were sat at the Brudenell watching this, when the players took the knee for Black Lives Matter, I thought, will the director at Sky be really mischievous and cut away to Kiko for this, but I was grateful that they didn't because that probably wouldn't have been a discussion that we really wanted the direction, uh, the discussion to steer in that direction on Sunday. It would have taken the shine off things a little bit, I think. I think, did we all just ignore the fact that Kiko was there? Apart from when he caused a bit of confusion in the in the goal when you had to remember it for a second. But yeah, I think, you, I mean, I wish I hadn't played. I just think it was unnecessary and I'd have rather had, if Medlier was too messed up still in his with his stringy body wasn't able to cope with the amount of beer he put into it I'd have given Myzek a go or something instead just for not having to deal with that as being part of the story but you know there he was at least it passed by without any major event and he did you did remember when he uh, he did cause that confusion at the back we do look a better team with a different goalkeeper so there's there's a lot of a very maybe it was useful to bring him back for that in case it was any people ah you know I mean he has served his suspension, so he is available to play. And I think that's always Bielsa's kind of thing now. He's very uh, he's very clear with the, the English authorities that he, he can't assert their opinion on anything. So he has 
served his ban, according to the Football Association. Now he is available to play, therefore he can play him. But then you see him, it was ailing that he ended up causing all that problem with and just basically our entire back four looked rubbish, whereas for months it's looked great. Admittedly, for a lot of those months, they weren't actually playing any matches. But yeah, it gets rid of that nagging doubt. Oh, no, maybe he might be all right. He won't sell him. Turns out we pissed it in the end, lads, didn't we? Absolutely walked that league. It does seem that way, yeah. I mean, I was looking through what other points totals, and it's about sort of middling is 90 points, maybe 93 points, depending on what we finish on. But it's a very tight pack of teams behind us, and the bottom of the league this year is not terrible either. Normally, quite often in the championship. <laughs> Have you seen Hull play? Yeah, but they had a good start to the season. Pretty much all of Hull's 45 points were in the first half of the season, weren't they? But quite, it's not unusual to get teams going down from the championship. There's normally someone who's going down on like 30 points or something. So there's a bit more of a spread of you know of teams in there. There's no one down on the by the final day, which I would guess is fairly rare. Although God knows Hull have tried. So it's it's been a a tight division and a tough division, and we've done incredibly well in it. At the top, I mean, we've ended up it looks like 17 points clear of West Brom. And these teams were supposed to be running as... 17 points clear of West Brom? Approximately. All these <laughs> these teams are supposed to be, you know, oh, it's dead tight. Are we going to be able to stay the course? Brentford are catching up, you know, full How many points got clear of Brentford are we? A million. And okay. um, I think that distance, that gap gets counted in Pontus Janssen's tiers. Is how you calculate that one. And then, um, you know, oh, Fulham, they've got Mitrovic, so they'll be really dangerous. We've scored 10 more goals than them. Where is where is the good team that we were worried about when we have we have ended up, we've totally had them foreshored the whole thing in the end. And we're going to beat Charlton. And I wouldn't be surprised if I don't even know who West Brom are playing. Do West Brom have to play again? QPR, they'll lose. So... Yeah, it will be a big, big old gap and it will go down in history as Leeds United are the best. A word on Hull. I did the calculation on this and saw that they had got 39 points after 26 games this season. They were just outside the playoffs around the time, you know, that we played them and they got very excited about maybe getting a late draw or whatever it was. And then Cardiff, um, they have got six points in the following 19 games. So they've taken six points out of a possible 57 and they are now bottom of the table from selling their best players. It's hard to argue they don't deserve to go down. I mean, we've seen many, many years of Leeds United where we've basically given up on football and sold our best players, but never to this extent. I don't think we were ever quite as reliant on any one individual as Hull were on Bowen, and then I guess Grzycki was kind of the, I don't know, when we got rid of Gradle, at least we still had Snoddy, or when we got rid of Beckford, at least we still had Becchio. They just got rid of both of them at one time and just went, it's probably going to be fine, isn't it? And at least when we uh, when we conceded those seven to Nottingham Forest, which I think from memory is the first time we'd ever conceded so many at home in our entire history, thanks, Neil Warnock, at least we scored three. You know, it wasn't 7-0 and there was never an 8-0 in there and certainly not an 8-0 to a team that was in administration. <laughs> I mean, that match, Hull versus Wigan was a real kind of matchup as like which team would be Leeds in times past the last 16 years that we finally left behind us because either one of those clubs you could probably have said that yeah they're doing a Leeds and it was like a um, maybe you'd say it was you know Leeds 2007 versus Leeds 2014 playing against each other one of the best weekends of your life yeah I'd say so 
wasn't as good as, in truth, probably not as good as I'd imagined Leeds United promotion would be because I imagined we'd be in a stadium and we'd have got to see the players close up walking around a pitch and we might have got to do a bit of a an Andy Hughes job on one or two of them and pick them up and throw them about and stuff. But, well, it's not a perfect world, is it, at the minute? So it was all right in the context of that. I do remember saying um, several months ago that uh, if Leeds got promoted while games were behind closed doors, you know, I think we could trust people to uh, to keep away from the ground and, and <laughs> celebrate in a, a civilised way. And I, I wonder if at the time, because of the there has been an, an adjustment, I think, in how seriously people are taking the pandemic since then, it, I, I may have, have had some, yeah, I might have had something to be said for that, but I think I'd also forgotten what it's like to be 17. And when I'm looking at the uh, all the pictures from Millennium Square and outside, Elland Road, you know, I think this one has kind of belonged to the kids and you can't fault their effort, really. They, they, they do look like a great bunch of lads and lasses that have gone down and had an absolutely storming weekend. And I'm content to sort of uh, enjoy the fact that people have enjoyed themselves and hopefully for the love of all that's holy, everybody is all right and maybe just like stay indoors for a week after this and make sure that you, you've not caught anything. You are assuming people aren't going to be doing exactly the same thing I was thinking, night. yeah, it needs to be after Wednesday night. Just take a little check then, maybe just stay indoors for a bit and, uh, and make sure that you, you're clear of it all. I mean, that did, I mean, the whole pandemic stuff did completely change the way that we were going to be able to celebrate this and means, you know, the, the players had to be behind glass even for the people who went to the stadium you know the nearest it could get was seeing them on the other side of the the fences at the um at the east stand so had a slight feeling of a zoo about it didn't it that (laughs) they were were behind actual literal metal bars it did apart from that wonderful clip of victor Orta running out as if he was going to just (laughs) throw himself into the throng and it's uh, the the head of media james mooney i mean once upon a time you probably would have seen senior executives at leeds united throwing each other around like that um, because of like an argument about a takeover or something. Um, so it was kind of nice to see um, moderate violence being dealt out amongst uh, yeah, the, the directorship of Leeds for, for happy reasons. And Victor Orton knew he was wrong as well, because he didn't make a second attempt for it, did he? He got thrown back in once and was like, ah, yeah, you fucking that. Do you think that's, I mean, that's the only time that we've seen that caught on camera. Do you think it was his only escape bid? Maybe he just walked away because he's like, I know where the other exit is. Notting sheets out for, to climb out of the east stand windows somewhere. <laughs> it was it was reminiscent of you know when somebody gets thrown out of a bar or a club by a bouncer and they really are not up for any sort of violence or fight and it's kind of the, the double hands go up in surrender that, that they had that air to it didn't it like Mooney with the wrestling move like a bouncer would and then um, Auto is like nah not me mate not me. <laughs> Do we know what it is yet that Victor's been carrying around? That pink flag, because it doesn't look like a Leeds flag. It's from a Spanish comedy show. They invented a fictional island or a fictional country, and that's its fictional flag. And it's used as a comedy device in this Spanish comedy show in a world that doesn't hasn't indulged in populism and stuff like that. will obviously make more sense if you're a Spanish speaker and have seen it, but that seems to be exactly what it is, yeah. So it's some sort of obtuse reference to that. I don't know. I don't know whether it's just a nod to that comedy show or... Maybe he just likes the colours on it. Who knows? He does just live in a dream world at the moment, doesn't he, Victor? Like, that that sounds exactly right. That Okay, so it's from a, a fictional 
football club and he must wake up in the morning and he is Marcelo Bielsa's boss and we've won promotion to the, the Premier League and it must be like the best game of football manager anybody has ever played just constantly going on in his in his head. No one is Bielsa's boss, let's face it. He answers to no one. But technically, there was something in uh, Phil Hayes' big long thing at the Athletics saying that apparently Bielsa and Orta have had blazing rows this season. Um, that Orta kind of... Because, it, you know, you can't get away from the fact that Orta is in the position of authority there. He is the, the senior staff member. Um, but he says he, he stays away from Thorpe Arch, only goes up there every, every few weeks just to check in. And, and doesn't offer any advice to Bielsa unless he's asked for it. But it does seem like when he has been asked for his advice, it has ended up with uh, not quite Massimo Cellino. You remember when Dave Hockaday said, uh, I'm not I'm not sure you should sell Ross McCormack. He said, do I give a fuck what you think? No. You're like a baby, or whatever he said to him. <laughs> I don't think it was quite along those lines, but it has been uh, fiery. Uh, with reference to the Athletic, I'll take this opportunity to do the plug for that now, actually. Um, loads of promotion stuff going on on there this week, so check out all Phil's stuff. And we've got several podcasts coming across the course this week. Uh, if you want to get the square ball discount, head to theathletic.co.uk forward slash the square ball. And everyone's having a right old Barney at the time. I know we can't get enough Leeds content, so go check out Phil's writing. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, we've always said we can't have nice things. And gosh, we've had a lot of nice things over this weekend. But there was one real um, negative mark on the scorecard. And that's obviously what's happened to Berardi, who is on the verge of his contract expiring. And at this stage, we don't know exactly what's going to happen but it doesn't look particularly good, does it, with a, a cruciate ligament injury that's nine months on the sidelines? Just do the right thing. Whatever that is for Berardi, let's just do the right thing for him. If he needs a, a lump of money and wants to go back to Italy, let's just let him do that. If he wants a contract and to stay here and do his thing, let's do that as well. Because we forget as we're about to cover the Charlton game, they've had players who have said, you know what, I'm out of contract at the end of this season. If I get 
something like a cruciate ligament injury. I will be unemployed and unemployable for a bit, so I'm not going to play. And at the time, everyone went, that's pathetic. So let's let's not be the dicks in this and just sort him out. We did say on here, or at least I said it was Lyle Taylor at Charlton who said he's got a big move lined up for this summer and he he, he can't put it at, at personal risk and said, fair enough, you can completely understand that point of view. And I still say you can completely understand that point of view. And the flip side of that is that you also then have to really admire the people who said, I am going to put it at risk that if Berardi had a five-year contract, it's a completely different conversation. It's the fact that he he was one who actually had to sit and sign a piece of paper to say, yep, I'm in this until the end of the season. And it's gone wrong for him right at the end. And who even knows how come he ended up on the, the pitch against uh, Derby when other players didn't. I mean, Bielsa always picks his team based on who's done best in training and you know who's impressed most in murder ball. I do wonder if he had to do a kind of a like a, a breath test on the players and whoever had emerged from the celebrations in the, the best shape. Because otherwise, he probably would have given matches click the start just even just to keep his run of starts going for the sentimentality of it. So the fact that he couldn't do that, I think. Just he wasn't in condition to play, but Berardi's out there in a meaningless game, as it turned out, and that's the one that's uh, that's done him. And it is now because n- nobody's really sure what the situation is with him. It seems like the club have always stuck to this line of like we're, we're happy for him to stay, and then people aren't sure what Berardi wants to do. But it seems like there's always been a a contract there to be discussed, and that just now needs to be a conversation of like sitting down and saying, "All right, Tano, what do you need? What do you want?" What can we do? How can we work this out? And um, I don't imagine it's going to turn into one of those kind of Seth Johnson or Eric Backer ones from years and years ago where, you know, we're paying this injured player is dragging our finances down and it's, you know, you have Bates out saying, well, what have they done for us? Broken legs, it's not a hospital. It's, it should be fine from all parties. Just be nice. Look after each other because our longest serving player isn't he? And we're gazillionaires now, so it doesn't really matter. We're fine. We've got money pissing out of every one of our orifices. Sorry for that image. Oh, a lovely image, yep. Yeah, but we are now gazillionaires and it means that we're now shopping in a different transfer market, which is pretty cool. And we've seen the first sort of moves around there, haven't we? Like um, we've seen the Rajazani saying that we're about to break our transfer record in that interview that he did for all the media. As we're forced to sign a striker we don't want. <laughs> And um, Joe Gelhart, the young lad at Wigan, who looks really, really handy. He's got a hell of a left foot on him. If the, uh, the the traditional YouTube highlights video is to be believed, he looks really, really good. The new Wayne Rooney, apparently, because he's small and scouse. Seems to be the main thing. Is he morbidly obese? He, he's very much old Wayne Rooney, yes. Not um, not fat old lumberjack Wayne Rooney, who now exists. Isn't, um, wasn't Eunice Stubbs small and scouse? <laughs> yeah. That's reference for the kids there. Um, <laughs> oh, no, she's from Leicester. Um, <laughs> anyway, why isn't Eunice Stubbs Scouse? Where's Bonnie Langford from? <laughs> uh, Twickenham? I don't know. Somebody somebody name a small Scouser. What I love... Um, Adam Forshaw. What I love about this, Moscow, is that every time you do one of these, um, these analogies or you refer it back to a person, it gives a beautiful insight into the way your mind works, <laughs> your frame of reference, your, your cultural touch points. I am frantically Googling Scylla Black height <laughs> in feet. Yeah, she's got to be small. Five foot six. There we go. <laughs> well, not massive, fairly average height, really. I can't carry on. Other end of the scale, 
<laughs> Sorry for that tenuous link. Other end of the scale, Iliam Meslier. He's coming in, isn't he, by the looks of it? He's been saying that he's not going back to... Uh, big and French. Like, Moscow names one big and French. Jean-Kevin Augustin. Matt Smith was your obvious one there, you clown. Oh, crying out loud. Anyway, he's coming in. He's Meslier by the looks of it. Um, Jack Harrison, that's an interesting deal, isn't it? That um, the option to buy has been kicked down the road by a year. We're Louis coiling him, aren't we? We're Fleetwood in this arrangement. We're just going to keep getting him on loan and then eventually we'll be allowed to have him. You know, Ken Dodd was uh, five foot ten. No idea, no. Anyway. Do know that now. And Jack Harrison, that's a sensible move. Extra couple of million that we're probably going to be paying out for him, but it's better than chucking eight at him now, isn't it, at Man City now when we can do it in a year's time. Jackie. Jackie, remember. Yeah, sorry. To give him his full name, Jackie Haradonna. Yeah, it seems like we we have worked some some way of uh, generating a little bit more of transfer wiggle, which is necessary because it is typical leads that we've gone into the Premier League at, at possibly the worst moment financially. Uh, we could have chosen just in time for everything to go bust. So I've been saying it for ages. You know, I've been saying it on this podcast for ages that the arse will fall out of the Premier League just as we get into it. But at least, uh, at least we're, we seem to be approaching it in a sensible way. If this move is as um, sort of sensible as it sounds, I was going to say at least we're going into it now, and we're in the process of developing a Premier League wage bill and transfer policy. Whereas if you were if you were up to your knees in five year contracts and you were all of a sudden thrown into a situation where things were sort of dwindling slightly, you'd, you'd be in more bother than us. So I think we might be all right. Fucking stupid Liverpool with the stupid long term. Stupid Van Dyke contracts. Where's that going to get them? <laughs> Man City regret having Kevin De Bruyne tied down for some ridiculous length of time, don't they? Did you see the video of Harry Maguire that someone just put on Twitter? It was just the £80 million and it was just him wandering around a pitch with a football looking like a drunk man at a barbecue. He was sort of stumbling over it and then he turned around and he runs backwards with it and you did think, we're not getting Ben White, are we? If he's £80 million quid, Ben White's worth about twice that. I did, though, see... Um... Harry Kane kicking a football to announce what sort of baby his wife is having. That was, it's one, it's very strange. It's, it's one of those things that makes you think, I don't want to go to the Premier League if that's what's going to happen. Or at least I don't think I want us to be any good in it. I don't think you get, you know, David McGoldrick or somebody um, having a, a film crew around a mansion to, to make a, a movie because he's, He's bought a new cooker or something. But it seems like once you, maybe it's if you get into the Champions League, you have to do this fucking ridiculous stuff. I'm up for giving Alioski a budget to do that, to do some stunts. I think it'd be worth seeing. Well, do you remember, we're talking about what Berardi can do. You remember before he came to Leeds, we found the, the videos he'd made at Sampdoria when he was left out of the team and he started taking a GoPro on the bench and stuff. And there was a video of him uh, jumping headfirst in uh, just his pants into a, a huge vat of water in the dressing room just for a laugh. And he was basically making these little mini documentaries. And he was, um, was he skydiving or was it bungee jumping? And he filmed himself doing that. So maybe we sack off the uh, documentary crew and just give Berardi a camera for the next 12 months. In his pants. He was in his pants again this week, wasn't he, when they were all celebrating outside the... Uh the entrance at Thorpe Arch and there was, everyone was fully clothed apart from Berardi who was just there in his in his pants. You know that whole Premier League objection that we've got? My mate Neil sent me a screen grab of a survey on the Premier League website. Obviously they want to conduct a bit of research about who's using their website and on it 
one of the questions is your favourite team. Question, who is your favourite team? And then all the club badges are laid out like in a grid layout. And at the very bottom right-hand corner, so you go through Liverpool, Man City, you know, Sheffield United, Southampton, etc. And then you end up West Ham United, Wolverhampton Wanderers. And then there's an extra one. It's a picture of a lion's head and it says general Premier League fan. Well, I suppose that's that's what we'd have had to have pressed previously unless we were, if we wanted to go on that website maybe when we were not in that league you've got to just be generally interested but it has weirdly brought in some more Premier League people into our orbit who were like Chelsea fans in Mumbai giving a shit and there was there was one woman I noticed who claimed to be being a, claimed to, I, I couldn't figure out whether it was a joke profile or not because there didn't really seem to be any jokes on it other than the fact her, she was declared as a Chelsea and Man United fan and I was like this has got to be a wind up hasn't it but it didn't. It wasn't obvious to me the where the where the jokes were. So I don't know. We'll have to just deal with it, won't we? Very much um, after the Lord Mayor's parade in terms of the celebrations, but we still have a trophy to lift, and we've still got one more game to do, and that's Charlton at home on Wednesday. Uh, Lee Bowyer, we could relegate him. I mean, the relegation is going to be going through the courts, no doubt, with all these points deductions and the total faff that the EFL have indulged in over this and the um, the profit and sustainability sanctions. However. That doesn't change our job on Wednesday, which is to win, go up with 93 points and lift the trophy. So do we care about this? I think let's Wigan stay up, send Sheffield Wednesday down. Charlton, meh, I don't know. They've, they've had it tough, haven't they, Charlton? I kind of wouldn't mind them staying up. Yeah, their ownership was an absolute shambles for um, until it feels like the last five minutes. I remember the, the fans were chucking tennis balls on the pitch and all that to get to get games stopped and uh, little pigs at one point I'm sure they were throwing plastic pigs on so purely for the invention of their fans in uh, in fighting their um, hideous owner I think um, they certainly deserve more of a place than let's say Sheffield Wednesday can Huddersfield go down can they be relegated for stealing our under 23s coach is that possible no they seem to be well out of it unfortunately next year <laughs> you rate Cobra in that highly <laughs> <laughs> well they do seem to be a bit of a a shambles, don't they? So I, I don't know. We'll talk about Carl another day, probably. But um, yeah, they don't seem to be a well-structured club at the moment. I don't particularly know why he'd want to go there. But anyway, maybe he just doesn't want to move house. And he's like, ah, these guys are offering it. Might as well. I mean, I know people are upset about him going, and we will we will talk about Corbin and like the kits and stuff like that, which we're due to see, I think, in the next uh, next few days. We'll do all that next week once we've got this game out of the way and kind of all the the celebration stuff is done. So it's going to be a bit of a shorter episode this time, but it will be an interesting sort of stress test of Corbin's abilities, won't it, when he's out of the, the bright lights and all the facilities of Thorpe Arch and he's got to go down the road to a struggling championship club, Huddersfield Town, and to see if he can make a decent fist of it. Because he's obviously been touted as the natural successor to Bielsa by a lot of people. So I guess this is where we start to get the, uh, the proof of the pudding, etc. If he's any good, we'll have him back. That's what it comes down to. When it comes to Charlton then, sh- should we win this one again? Should we, do you reckon three points, finish him off? I mean, how deep into our reserves can we go and still win? I want Ollie Casey up front. And what, has, what happened to uh, Capril? Uh, is he just dropped or is he injured? I can't remember. Even if he's injured, play Berardi injured. <laughs> well, I think the vibe seems to be, I don't know where I've picked this up from, whether there's any truth in it or whether it's come out of the presser or not, but Bielsa will field a full strength side for this one. Maybe he gave him the week off last week because it didn't affect anything. Whereas this one, has uh, promotion and relegation riding on it because uh, I know that Luton were sort of, some of Luton's fans online have been kicking off saying, oh, Leeds players are pissed. They're going to be terrible. 
final game of the season and we need them to beat Charlton so we can stay up sort of thing and uh, I suspect because of it's a mark of the man and his levels of integrity that Bielsa will take this one seriously or as seriously as you can do under the circumstances Is there a chance Pablo Hernandez will kick it into his own goal and say call me a son of a bitch now <laughs> just to upset Nathan Jones which I actually I think we'd have to give him wouldn't we if he's willing to be that petty just be like keep scoring until the game has won if we go up the other end if we do the uh the opposite, John, are like, no, let them go, let them go. And uh, no, Hernandez can just keep doing it. <laughs> oh, brilliant. But yeah, I think, I think, I think Bielsa will probably play a full strength team because he is a moral man and he will want to actually be fair on this, won't he? So that's why we're going to unfortunately have to beat them 5 0. It would be the perfect way to send off this season because I don't know, we've kind of embraced the role of champions, I think, over the course of this um, post COVID run. We seem to be growing in stature and confidence with every sort of passing week. And we just, it felt like we brushed Derby aside on Sunday in the way that champions do and in the way that we eventually did in the second half against Stoke. And it's just been bloody lovely. We're, we're dead good. It was interesting against Derby that, you know, our players weren't, were not at their sharpest. But when we went a goal behind, that everyone's kind of got a grip in like, right, let, right, three goals, shut them up and, uh, and, retain our our status because it we didn't need anything coming from from derby of like oh you might have won the league but we beat you didn't we closed all that stuff down and it's kind of been the mark of the the return after covid is as you're saying is that the cardiff game was a setback and then luton ordinarily like a point against luton you're not too worried but because of the stage of the season the fact that the players then had a a team meeting about it and sort of got themselves together and sorted themselves out and renewed what they, they needed to be. They've become good at that. And I think the fact that you have people like Berardi, but he else has done his uh, press conference to, today and he said that he's socially important for the team. And people have said that about, uh, we can compare ourselves to Manchester City now because we are in the same division, but about how even if Vincent Company wasn't going to play more than 10, 15 games or something, it would have been worth having him on a wage just for his influence in training and in the, the changing room and then for the, the games when he comes in and, and is good. Berardi could probably still provide that to us on one leg, but we've got those characters like Ailing and Cooper who's grown up and is, you know, if it weren't for Berardi, he would be the, the longest serving one and Click. And um, I always leave kind of, I leave Hernandez out of this because he, I think he, he leads more by example and is kind of just such a superstar footballer. He doesn't quite fit into the same category as somebody like Stuart Dallas, who still kind of approaches, he's going to approach being in the Premier League still with that mindset of, I was a scaffolder three weeks ago and I've got to take, I've got to take this seriously. We're not, we're not paying him during lockdown or something. Has he had to find extra work? Well, he was working. He was a builder until he went to Brentford. Well, he was on, he was about 21, 22 before he got his his move from Northern Ireland. So he's got that thing of it's the same with Luke Ayling. He might have had it at the Arsenal Academy growing up, but they fucked him off to Yeovil and he had to start again. And I think that stood them in good stead over the last uh, well over the last two years really because. For a manager like Bielsa to come in and demand so much of players, you've got to have players who are willing to give. And because those players, you know, Click's not going to move to another club that would give him a chance of success like this. So it's, right, if I want to win something in my career, I've got to do what this crazy bastard says. And they've gone all out for it. And 
And I think it's definitely helped that the professional pride as well after after losing to Derby last season. And there was that difference. People forget why did uh, Pontus Janssen go to Brentford? Well, the last straw, it seemed like, was him saying, oh, but I want to come back late because I've been away on international duty over summer, blah, blah, blah. Whereas it was Stuart Dale, uh, Dallas and Bailey Peacock Farrell who were offered the chance to, to go away and said, no, we'll come in. First day training, we'll be there because we want to get promoted next season and because uh, Bailey wanted to sort his move to Burnley out, so we probably had some uh, um, paperwork to do. But, yeah, I I can't remember what I was talking about at the start. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened a few times this weekend and it's fine we understand well listen we're going to wrap it up there and we will catch up properly on all the events of the last couple of weeks when it's uh, all the dust has settled and we've had the trophy and we'll come back next week and we'll do booze baton update uh, we will also do heroes and villains from lifting the trophy and all the stuff that's led into the run-up of that thanks if you're an extra ball subscriber as well aware that uh, they've been a bit patchy recently because of the relentless uh, football schedule so when the game is out of the way tomorrow we'll be able to catch up on all those all the ones that are missing and we'll uh, get you right up to date and uh, don't forget your Levi Solicitors uh, discount 10% off if you go through us levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball uh, commercial and personal law services um, people before- from Levi Solicitors were there on uh, the weekend and had the unfortunate sight of Moscow dancing to Belinda Carlisle <laughs> Not sure if you remember that, Moscow. I do remember that, and I don't think they regarded it as uh, unfortunate. I think that was the moment they realised their sponsorship is incredible value. And before we do sign off this one, final word goes to what we've put here on our prep sheet. On our prep sheet, when we lay out, lay out the fixtures that are coming up and stuff like that, we share like a cloud document. Uh, over the last recent weeks, we've had a section, like other key fixtures, and at the bottom of that section, it says best case scenario and worst case scenario. So... Could you each just read out what it says under each one? So, Moscow, best case scenario. I'm glad I got this one because I think it's fitting for the way that the uh, the last few weeks have gone. Booking champions. And Michael, worst case scenario? Booking champions. Put a bet on that, you Jonah. We are, aren't we? Right, we'll speak to you soon. See you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. 
Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.